presence with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Oh, thank you, Father, for all you've done. Lord, we lift our hands to worship you. We lift our voice to worship you. Oh, we magnify you, Lord God, and we give you all the glory. Oh, there's no God like our God. Hallelujah, we worship you, Lord. We've come to lift our hands and give him glory. We've come to lift our hands and give him praise. We've come to lift our hands and give him glory. We've come to lift our hands and give him
For he is 
Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We worship you, Father. We magnify you, Lord. We thank you for your presence here today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, Father, you are so, so good. We worship you. We thank you. We glorify you. Thank you, Father, for this service that we have today. We know that you have a purpose for this service, and we've come to receive the highest flow that you have for us today. We thank you for answers. We thank you for revelation, for unction, for the Spirit of God to have its way, have free course into this service. We give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Welcome, Spirit of Faith Family Church. It's a good day. Hallelujah. I'm going to give you some announcements. So turn to your neighbor and say, I'm going to get everything I came for today. You can be seated. <coughs> Hallelujah. Well, this morning, Pastor Jay is in Excelsior Springs, Missouri. He's ministering there for Pastors Forrest and Brenda Schreier. And they have been here. You've probably met them. They were here for camp meeting with their eight children. And um, so service this morning, it's not until 1050. There is not live stream. They do have a Facebook page, and they post their links on their Facebook page. So we will share that on the Gym Facebook page so that you can find it and listen to it after the service. But um, let's just get an agreement that Pastor Jay will have unction today, and he'll have the highest flow. We thank you, Father, for the purpose for that service today, and we thank you it will be fulfilled. We thank you for the connection in that, that is there with those pastors. We thank you, Father, for miracles, signs, wonders, unction, the flow of the Holy Ghost, everything that you want to accomplish in that service. We say that it's done in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so I have a few more announcements. Um, the Forerunners group. It's been a while since you guys have had an event. So Forerunners is a group of uh, 55 years and older, married or single. And even if your spouse is not yet 55, they are welcome to join. Um, they're going to be taking a guided tour to Allen's Apple Orchard. So that's going to be lots of fun. Um, so they're going to um, go through the, see the, the, you know, behind the scenes of the apple orchard. They're going to have a hay rack ride. Um, apples, goodies, and gifts to purchase in the gift shop will be available after the tour. Um, so this is going to be on Saturday, September 9th. It's from 4 to 5.30. Cost is $7 a person. And you will pay at the Apple Orchard. But we do ask you, if you're coming, to go to the website, eberlyministries.org. Go to the events, uh, SOFFC events, and register. There is a passcode on the event. It's Forerunners Event, all one word, no capitals, just Forerunners Event. If you could register by Wednesday, September 6th, there are maps available in the hospitality foyer. And if you have any questions, you can see Miss Ann Armstrong. We also have um, the Divine Health, Healing and Health for today's fall semester starting. Praise the Lord. So that's going to be in the Family Center with Miss Ann on Sunday, September 10th through December 10th. It starts at 845. The required reading for this class is Pastor Debbie's uh, Divine Healing and Health for Today book, available in the bookstore for $16. You also um, can register for this class at eberlyministries.org. And if you could, please register by Wednesday, September 6th. 
Also, getting a grip on the basics class is going to be being offered this fall. Um, That's an awesome class. If you haven't taken that class, or even if you have, I've taken it a few times. It's just really good. You know, pastors talks about football teams and basketball teams. They go back to the basics. And that's really what it is. It's just back to the basics. Why do we believe? What would we believe? Getting really into the scriptures and really getting a firm foundation and understanding of why, why we do what we do. Um, so that's a, that's a really great class. It starts also set Sunday, September 10th through December 10th. It's open to all congregation members and visitors 18 years of age and older. It's going to be in the Family Center in the Trailblazers classroom. Also can register for that class online, erblinministries.org. Register by September 6th. There is a workbook for that class. It's called Getting a Grip on the Basics Workbook. It can be purchased in the bookstore uh, for just $5. Registered students can buy it for $5. That's a discounted price. So if you're registered for the class. If you just want to buy the workbook on your own, I think it costs a little more. But if you're going to the class, you get the discount. Um, And then we do ask you complete chapter one by the first class. So you're ready to go because we're going to hit the ground running. So um, be ready for that and and just make yourself available to that if you've never done it. It is a requirement for helps ministry. So um, if you haven't taken that and you're in helps ministry or you're planning to get into helps ministry, it's it's offered once a year. So this is the opportunity. So so get in there and 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 enjoy because it's it's a good class. Um, okay, we have a reminder for Next Level Advance. Your outing is coming up, your off-site event, Friday, September 8th through Sunday, September 10th. The final payment of $80 per person, along with any um, extra payments if you're doing, I think there's zip lining or something, um, Sunday, August 20th. So next week is when your final payment is due. Also register and pay online, eberlyministries.org. The passcode for that one is Next Level Event, no capitals, all one word. If you have any questions, please email Brother Andre Eccles. (laughs) He's still around, okay? (laughs) Okay, we have a maintenance workday coming up, and we do need some helpers for this. So we are looking for helpers who are skilled in maintenance-type work to assist with maintenance and repairs around the campus. So if that's you, you have some skill, you could help us out, please go ahead and sign up. The date is Saturday, August 26th, starts at 1 o'clock. You can sign up by Wednesday, August 23rd in the hospitality foyer. If you have any questions, um, you're wondering if it's something that you could help with, if, if there's things you could do, please see Rob Thompson. He can help you. Um, Advancement Sunday is coming up on Sunday, August 27th. So on that day, that's when um, all the children that are advancing, so if you have a child that's entering first grade, fourth grade or seventh grade, um, they will go to their new classroom uh, on that day. So if you have any questions on that, you can see Jennifer Rothwell. Um, Don't forget the book of the summer. Summer, can you believe it? It's coming to a close here quickly. Um, But the book of the summer is the Bible Prayer Study Course by Brother Kenneth Hagin. It's available in the bookstore if you don't have it. And, um, you know, Pastor has really been emphasizing prayer with us. And because we have a lot of um, work to do in prayer to do all the things that we are called to do. And that's where it starts, right? In prayer. So we want to be praying accurately. We want to be praying, you know, according to the word. And um, there's, there's, there's a lot to it. And we want to learn and make ourselves available to that. So um, be reading that and, and be enjoying that. We want to do a reminder that, <clears throat> excuse me,
excuse me, Spirit of Faith Bible Training Center is available online. Um, it's kind of back to school time, so we just thought this would be a good time to remind you. We do have an online Bible school here. Uh, it's a part-time Bible school. It's uh, really uh, at your own pace, but it's Pastor Jay and Pastor Debbie teaching classes. You can, there's two ways you can do it. You can take one class at a time and do like a self-study type um, system, and you have um, several weeks to get one class done. There is reading that goes with the classes. So you read the books, you take the classes, there's an exam at the end, and you can go that way. You can also do the certificate module. And that's going to be patterned more as when we took, when we, when it was taught live. So we did a quarter at a time. So there's um, quarters of it. You can take first quarter, second quarter, third quarter, fourth quarter, and each quarter has about five or six classes in it each. There's required reading that goes with all of it. It's like you're in Bible school. You are. You are in Bible school. <laughs> and, and the online Bible school students can tell you, it's like you're in Bible school because there's a lot of, you know, reading, but it's so good. It's so good. I, you know, there's, there's so many classes in there that, you know, when we were taking it, when we were going through it, that we, I go back to and listen to because there was so much um, foundational things that were taught. So if that's something that you're interested in, it's not just for people who are called to fivefold, although it certainly would be beneficial for people called to fivefold. But even if you're not, um, it's, still, it's still the word. The word's good for everybody. And um, so those, those are the ways that you can do it. You just go to SOFBTC, Spirit of Faith Bible Training Center, .org, and sign up. You can create your login. There's an orientation video, really self-explanatory. But if there are any questions, you can see me um, if you have any questions on how to get signed up. Okay. Um, as a reminder, the details, you know, we just hit the highlights in the, in the pulpit announcements. If you want more details, they have the rest of the story at the doors. So those are available to you. And we also, you know, put things on, on the Facebook page and the website. So um, make yourself available to those things. Okay, now we have some uh, photos and things that we would like to show you. This last week we had um, Harvest Christian Daycare had Vacation Bible School, and um, it was such a fun week. Our theme was Faith That Can Move Mountains, and um, the, it was just, we had 69 children in attendance. Thursday we had um, a service. So all week they were doing things in the classroom. They had activities that they were doing, um, and we were talking about faith. And then on Thursday, we had an actual service with praise and worship, and I, I came in and got to, had, had the honor of getting to teach, and we taught about faith, and it was, it was just awesome. We, we, um, we teach a lot of the word at the, in the daycare, um, and then this was a fun activity that they got to do at the end of the week. It was um, It looks like chaos, but it's called organized mass chaos. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> It got a little messy. We told them to bring extra clothes. It's okay. Um, <laughs> but on Thursday, I got, to, I got to teach them about faith. And it was exciting. We, we went to Mark 11, 23 and 24. And 20, you know, we, they, they hear the word here, but we got to really go over it and over it. And we talked to them about when you pray, believe that you receive and you shall have them. And what, what things you say. We really talked about saying and how you release your faith and how you get faith and how you have to be born again to get the God kind of faith. And, um, and then when you do have that kind of faith, you can release your faith by saying. We taught about the woman with the issue of blood. And we talked about how she kept saying. 
and how she had been sick for 12 years and spent all her money and had gone to all the doctors and she wasn't any better. She was even worse. But she knew about Jesus. She had heard, somehow she had heard about Jesus and it wasn't through Facebook and it wasn't through text message. But she'd heard that Jesus could heal. And she kept saying, if I shall touch his garment, I shall be healed. And then when she got to Jesus, it didn't look like she could get to him because there were so many people surrounding and how she had to persevere and how, you know, there was some effort that she had to do. And and she kept saying it. And then the results. And then we talked about the other side of that story with Jairus' daughter. And we talked about where was Jesus going when that woman came and received her healing and what was he believing for and how his daughter was so sick she was almost dead and how he was asking Jesus to come. And so he was believing also that he, her daughter was, his daughter was going to be healed. But then what happened? The people came and said that she died. And so then there was fear that tried to come and how Jesus answered that. And so we talked about, you know, you might be believing for something, you might be believing and saying, but then something comes and it looks like it's gonna, not going to happen and how to answer that. We talked about standing and how to stand in faith. But we also talked about because the Bible says, you know, these are kids. So it, it says what you shall have whatsoever you say. And so sometimes kids will go, okay, well, I said it, where is it? And we talked about how faith isn't just a magic wand. It's not just, okay, I said it, where is it? So we talked about how it's a process and how you have to say it and say it. And the pipeline of faith. We talked about, you know, how Pastor Nancy talks about the pipeline of faith. And so it was really um, a lot of fun. We had a few testimonies um, that came in. One girl said she learned how she does not have to be sick for any amount of time, that God wants her well, just like the women, the woman who was sick for 12 years. She said she learned that that woman used her faith and did not give up, and she was made all better. Um, one girl said, I learned that... Big things are not too hard for God, not even like mountains. And she said she learned to be joyful when using her faith. One girl said she learned Jesus is our way maker. Another one said he learned that it's really important to sow seed with a good and happy heart. Another one said Jesus is awesome and that he wants to do awesome, awesome things with our faith. And um, another one said she needs to speak in faith that what she's believing for is coming to her. She said it's not enough to say it one time and boom, it shows up. She said that she asks God for what she needs and then speaks it that it's coming with faith. And then another one said she doesn't have to be sick for 12 years. God wants her to feel good right now, and she can believe and speak that she's better right now. So praise God. It was just a very um, exciting, you know, time. We had 26 children that gave their hearts to the Lord. And, you know, we really encouraged them. We're not asking you to raise your hand if you've already received Jesus. We're, you know, we're just, those of you who are really serious about wanting Jesus and receiving Jesus, come forward. And that, there was 26 of them. So we just want to say thank you to Pastor Jay and Pastor Debbie for the opportunity that we get to sow into these children, especially Harvest Christian Daycare children, because they aren't necessarily in a church every Sunday. And so we're just excited that their lives were changed for eternity, that we had this opportunity to sow into them. And I guarantee you they know how to use their faith now. So praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, there's just nothing like Jesus. There's nothing like God. There's nothing like the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you for the presence. We thank you, Lord, you're here in our midst. We give you glory. There is no 
We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your loving kindness. 
Oh, you are good, and your mercies endure forever. And just say that after me. You are good. You are good. And your mercies endure forever. For you are good. And your mercies endure forever. You're good to me. And your mercies endure forever. You're good to my family. And your mercies endure forever. You're good to this city and this church. And your mercies endure forever. Hallelujah. Well, are you excited to be in the house of God today? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank, thank you, worship team. Excuse me. You can be seated. We're going to take an offering this morning. We're changing up things a little bit. Uh, Pastor Jay did not say that I needed to do this today, but I just wanted to give you a, just a real quick update. I'm not sure if you all heard of Reverend David Ellis. Uh, and on Tuesday, Pastor Morgan mentioned he did have a heart attack. Uh, the, I believe it was on Monday. But <laughs> Pastor Jay has been texting with him. He's doing wonderful. Came completely out of a massive heart attack. And uh, Brother Brzee, they had a meeting there, and Joe Morris, he, he's actually a, a good friend of ours from years gone by too, uh, ministered, called Brother David up and said, we need to undergird our friends and just, uh, just pray protection, keeping power over him, so on and so forth. And God already had it under control. And you might say, well, why did that happen? I don't know. <laughs> but uh, we're in the cage with the lion, and somehow uh, it's, it, that's between David and God. But I tell you what, we see the miracle working power of God uh, just ministered to him, took care of it, got him through. They put a stent in, and he's doing wonderful. He's doing really well. And, you know, if you know David doesn't want to be at the hospital, I, I guess he's out now. I don't know. But um, I just wanted to mention that God had it under control. And I'm not sure if you want to go back and watch the Tuesday night uh, where Pastor Morgan announced that, and they just said a prayer for him. I want you to stand up because we are going to undergird our friend, too. And just continue to believe God for a speedy recovery for him. But I tell you what, it's so exciting to me. We don't have to worry. God has it under control. And for whatever thing, like I said, that's between him and the Lord. It's none of our business. There's no judgment, nothing whatsoever. We just know that he's a tremendous blessing to the body of Christ. And we need his gift. And, and uh, God undergirded him and kept and protected him. Amen. Father, we lift our friend up, uh, Brother David Ellis. We lift him up in Jesus' name. And we say that uh, he's uh, speedily recovering to completeness and even better than before. And we thank you, Father, for whatever he's believing for, Father. But we thank you that the healing power of God continues to work in him. We thank you that you saw and provided ahead of time, just like, just like the ram was provided in the thicket with Abraham and Isaac. We thank you for it, Father. You are so good. We don't take it lightly that you've kept and you've protected many of us in this room and, and, and you've kept and protected us over the years or we wouldn't be here. Father, we thank you for it. We need our, our brother 
And we thank you that he's back better than before. In the name of Jesus and the plan of God goes forward for him. We undergird him with strength in Jesus' name and refresh him. And thank you for the wisdom of God at this time. Thank you for supply for this time for he and his family. We say that it's accomplished, it's done. We agree with him in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, just tell your friend, God knows ahead. And he provides. provides. Praise the Lord. I didn't get into specifics, don't need to. I don't know know all the specifics, but if you want to go back and listen to that on Tuesday night, uh, you can if you would like to. So you can be seated there. Uh, In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 9, 2 Corinthians, thank you for that woo. I, thanks for being excited. Just to let you know, uh, I'll be uh, flying out to Colorado today and meeting Pastor Jay. We're going to be uh, going on some vacation. Uh, we'll have a special guest minister on Wednesday night. Amen. And uh, so be faithful. Come and be faithful. Because normally we don't even announce that we're going to be out of town, but uh, I was taking care of the cats, getting the luggage in the car, doing about everything else, and uh, I'm not sure how much sleep I had or if I had any sleep, but that's all right. We're we're doing well and we're refreshed, amen? Uh, So so with that, uh, they changed the service up just for me a little bit there. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich... Yet for your sakes he became poor, that you through his poverty might become rich. Some people might be, uh, I guess, afraid to say, I'm rich. Uh, We don't, uh, that's who we are. I said that's who we are. It's just like a Buick is a Buick. It's not a Ford. I'm rich. That's who God made me. I'm redeemed. I'm the healed of the Lord. Whatever you need in rescue fashion, God has it for you. He had provision for you ahead of time. And like I said, just like Abraham and Isaac, and they went up on that mountain, and uh, Abraham said, you know, I'm willing to even give my son. But God wasn't expecting him to give his son. He just wanted him to be available, and he provided that ram in the thicket. We just need to be available. Being available with our tithes, putting that first in our offerings, and just doing what God says in obedience to him does open the door for richness in our life. And I want to read something. I was meditating on some things uh, last night. Uh, First of all, I want to go to Proverbs chapter 10, verse 4. Proverbs 10, verse 4. I love the offering time. I said I love the offering time. And it says in Proverbs 10, 4, He who has a slack hand becomes poor, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. How many know that we need to be diligent in several areas? Yes, Yes, with our faith. Because without faith, it's impossible to please God. And without faith, we can't, you know, you can be a tither, you can be a giver. But if you're not using your faith with it and saying, Father, I believe that the windows of heaven are open unto me. Because in the Old Testament, the windows of heaven were closed, but they're open. And they had a covenant. I said they had a covenant, but they needed God to use his authority for them. We have authority because God lives in us. 
And we know that Adam lost that light, that candle of the Lord went out in his spirit when he sinned, but now it's lit back up in Christ. Amen. In this new covenant era of grace through faith, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us, but we just can't sit there like a bump on a log and expect God to bring all the richness into our life, to bring health and healing into our life. That's who we are, but we've got to be confessing it. We've got to be acting on it. We've got to be putting our hand to the plow of what the Holy Ghost is telling us to do. That's part of diligence. Because if you're just sitting in your home uh, hoping that the bills get paid, you may want to get out and get a job. Well, I didn't like that job. Well, there are a lot of jobs I didn't like over the year, but I did them anyway. I said I did them anyway. Amen. And God always provided because I was diligent. And that's what it says. He who has a slack hand becomes poor, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. He who gathers in summer is a wise son. He who sleeps in harvest is a son who causes shame. Uh, let's go to Proverbs 13.4. Proverbs 13.4. I'm going to read a story by Dad Hagen here because I've been meditating on some things there. And I wanted to share something. Proverbs 13.4. But let's just read a couple scriptures here. The soul of the lazy man desires... And has nothing but the soul of the diligent shall be made rich. And like I said, there's diligence in different ways. There's putting our hand to doing something and then using our faith that God will bless it and bring in blessing. If you're complaining about your job, you're not using your faith for it. But if you're, if, if you're going and you're doing extra for your boss and you're stirring up the joy and you're not worried about... You know, Sister Susie Big Mouth over here, and you're not engaging in fighting and, and whatever. You're just minding your own business because God is your provider. And uh, God will justify. Amen. We don't have to. Did you know that when somebody thinks we did something wrong, if you have an opportunity to, to stick up for yourself, that's fine. But when you go around trying to defend yourself all the time, you really get a negative attitude. And just say, Lord, I'm asking you to show the boss my heart. I'm asking you. But don't just, you know, your heart, do something behind it. <laughs> yeah, do something behind it. It's kind of like, you know, honey, I love you. Uh, well, then do something. You, do you tell your wife that you love her? Show her the money. Amen? <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You can find something, guys, to show her. Amen. And wives, you, you love your husband? Is there reverence? Is there honor there? Is there blessing? Amen. Yeah. I heard that. Proverbs 10.22 Proverbs 10.22, the blessing of the Lord, it makes truly rich, this is in the Amplified, and he adds no sorrow with it, neither does toiling increase it. You need to use your faith, but you also need to put your hand to do something. So it's a balance. So just don't toil without faith, amen? It is a, or, or just stay up late worrying about it, that's really what he's talking about. It is as, it is. 
It is as sport to a self-confident fool to do wickedness. Now, this is the word. I didn't say this. But to have skillfully and godly wisdom is pleasure and relaxation to a man of understanding. Wow. It is as sport to a self-confident fool to do wickedness. But to have skillful and godly wisdom is pleasure and relaxation to a man of understanding. So if you are being diligent to put your hand to something, then refreshing comes as a result. You can relax in the fact that God is taking care of it because not only have you put your hand to something, you're using your faith that God will bless what you've put your hand to. But how many know that we've got to be led by the Spirit in what we do put our hand to? Let's go on. The thing, uh, verse 24, the thing wicked man fears shall come upon him, but the desire of the uncompromisingly righteous shall be granted. And then uh, one more here, Proverbs 11.3, the integrity of the, of the upright shall guide them. I'm going to be talking about uh, being led by the Spirit of God this morning, so we're just starting this out ahead. The integrity of the upright shall guide them. So we can be diligent. We need to use our faith. But we need to be led by the Spirit of God in what we do put our hand to. And really, uh, to be honest with you, if you're you're just not sure, just do the first thing that, that looks good. Amen. Just do it. And even if it doesn't look so good, if it brings some money in, just go ahead. As long as it's not, you know, something, uh, as long as it has integrity with it. Amen. It, it, I mean, whether you're working at a fast food place or, or whatever. I don't know anymore if I think that fast food is all that integrity, but <laughs> moving right along. I said moving right along. If we do the right thing, we will be led into the blessing, which includes prosperity. I said it includes prosperity. Amen. Uh, Dad Hagen said this, the Lord said to me, which is not just for my benefit, but also for, for yours, if you will learn to follow the inward witness, I will make you rich. I will guide you in all the affairs of life, financial as well as spiritual. Some think God is only interested in their spiritual well-being and nothing else, but he is interested in everything we are interested in. I am not opposed to my children being rich. I'm opposed to their being covetous. I have followed that inward witness, and he has done just what he has said to do. He has made me rich. Someone asked, are you a millionaire? I didn't say that. Some people fail to realize what the word rich means. It means a full supply. It means abundant provision. I have more than a full supply. I have more than abundant provision. It is because I learned to follow the leading of the Spirit by the inward witness. What he did for me, he will do for you. It won't come overnight or by next Saturday night, but as you learn to develop your spirit and follow that inward witness, he will guide you in every area of your life. And I'm not trying to get in a hurry here, so I'm just going to read a quick story to you. And this is in How You Can Be Led by the Spirit of God by Kenneth Hagin, Sr. And it says, I knew a man down in Texas. He had never worn a pair of shoes until he was 12 years old. He only had a fifth grade education. But way back when money was money, he was a millionaire. Two different people, one from California, the other from Minnesota, had been a frequent house guest in his home, told me that this man told each of them the same thing. Now, how many know that you should learn by somebody that's actually uh, living integrity? 
a Christian, of course. They're living integrity. They're being diligent. They're using their faith. And, and you see the fruit, right? We should learn from these people. We don't do everything exactly the way they do it, but the principle of how they got there is really the same. He said to them both, in all these years and in all these investments, that's how he made his money, I have never lost a dime. That beats my record. How about yours? That's what Dad Hagen said. Everything I have ever invested in has made money. He told each of them on different occasions. Then he told them how he did it. Do you want to know? I always do this. When someone comes along with an idea wanting me to invest in something, my first reaction is mental. Then I know when Jesus said. Now I want to stop there a minute because he said my first reaction is mental. In other words, he's thinking about it. He's looking at it. It may seem good. That's okay. God gave you a brain. It's all right. And how many people are making mental decisions, but they're not going beyond that? I mean, I have different people, well, so-and-so said this, and this said, and, you know, well, I want to go to Bible school, but is yours accredited? And it's not about the, the leading of the Spirit of God. It's not about doing something that God is leading them. It's just a mental thing. All right? So when you pray, the Bible says when you pray, enter into your closet that he, that he didn't necessarily mean you have to get into a closet to pray. I know he meant for us to shut things out, but I have a large closet in my bedroom where I go to pray. I pray about it. I wait long enough until I hear what my spirit says. Sometimes I wait three days. Now, I don't mean that I stay in there 24 hours a day. I might come out and eat one meal. Usually I miss a few. I come out, sleep a little bit, but the majority of the time I am waiting just by myself until I know inside by the inward witness what I am to do. Sometimes my head says, boy, you would be a fool to put your money in that. You'll lose your shirt. But my heart says, go ahead and invest it. So I do. And in all these years, I have never lost a dime. Then again, someone comes along with a deal and my head says, boy, you had better not get in on that, but I don't pay any attention to my head. I get in that closet and wait. Sometimes all night long, I wait. I'll, I'll pray and read my Bible, but a lot of the time I just wait. I just get quiet until I can hear inside what my heart says. When my heart says, no, don't do it, and my head says, yes, you better get in on that, I just do it. What had this man done? He had learned to follow the inward witness, and God had guided him in his business until in the late 30s and the early 40s, he was already worth $2 million. That doesn't sound big now, but it was big back then. Do you think God loved him more than he loves you and me? No, than he loves you. But no, this man took time to listen to God. He took steps and means and measures to wait upon, upon God. That was diligence. Now I will say this. That doesn't mean you need to stay in your closet all day. You know, some of us have to work. You don't call your boss up and say, okay, I've got to be in my closet because I'm praying about an investment. No, um, it, the principle is waiting on God. And he even said himself, I read the word and pray. So really what he's saying is he's spending time with the Lord. He's developing his heart through the word and through prayer. And in all honesty, we can get skillful at doing this even on the go. And we're going to be talking more about that. All right. If you want to give today, if, if you want to uh, uh, give your tithes and offerings, just 
everybody filled out their envelope or you have text to give or uh, text funds to whatever and all that stuff up there. So praise the Lord. Is everybody ready? Why don't you stand up? Hallelujah. I said we're excited about what God is doing in this church, in this city, in Lee Summit. Amen. We're excited. If you're a tither, if you're a giver, if you're putting your hand to the plow, if you're being diligent with your faith, if you're not, then start applying faith with your giving. Don't just put, plunk your quarter in there or, or whatever, or just give, you know, your, your tithe in there. And don't use your faith, but speak over it. Speak over it. Amen. Father, we lift our tithes, we lift our offerings up to you, and we thank you for the blessing that abounds in our life that makes us rich. We are so thankful for all that you've brought us. We are so thankful for all that you've brought us. We're thankful for your word that is working in our lives. We're thankful for the word of God that is working on our behalf as we put our hand to the plow. As we use our faith. We thank you for it. As we give, it's given back to us. And say this with me. Men put into my bosom Press down, down, shaking together, together, and running over, over, in Jesus' name. name. This ministry is blessed. This This church is blessed. blessed. The church at Lee Summit is blessed. blessed. We thank you, Lord, that our personal businesses are blessed. Our personal lives are blessed. Thank you for richness. Thank you for wisdom. Thank you for for light. light. In Jesus' name. name. You can be seated. They say this mountain can't be moved. They say these chains will never There is power in your name. We've heard that there is no way through. We've heard the tide will never turn. They haven't seen. 
Hallelujah. We believe. I said we believe. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, worship team. We appreciate that. Amen. We're just going to get right to the Word of God today. You can be seated. Hallelujah. I want you to turn to Romans chapter 8. And let's start out with verse 14. Romans chapter 8, verse 14. We meditated on quite a few things, and really I've been just meditating on the subject for the last few weeks. I mean, of course, I've meditated on being led by the Spirit over the last several years. But there are some things I, I just sensed that I would be ministering along this line. And in Romans 8, verse 14, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit, that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we also may be glorified together. And notice that word led. Notice that word led. What, what do you think that means? <laughs> I mean, like a bar of lead? No. To bring, reflexively go. So if the Spirit of God were to walk up to Evan and say, Evan, I want you to come with me. Now, would Evan be leading? No, the Spirit is leading. But how, how does he do that? Thank you, Evan. You're, you're a good follower. I appreciate that. I'm sure you lead in things too, but reflexively. So in response to what? Well, let's read that again. Really, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit. So the Holy Spirit is, and really bears witness means to testify. So the Holy Spirit is saying something or testifying to your spirit, man. To your human spirit. And I'm picking it up. I don't, I'm not getting all the words necessarily. I'm not understanding. So let's, let's look at it this way. It's, it's something that you just know whether it's right or you know whether it's wrong. Yep. It's not your, your system buzzes if it's wrong. It's like, Rrr. no, just inside. Uh, doesn't seem right. Or it's like your spirit's nodding. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So... The Holy Spirit is testifying. What does that mean? It's, it's, he is saying something to your spirit. And, and how does he say that? Well, first through the word. So you've got to develop yourself in the word of God and put him first. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you. Uh, so seeking God first is really putting his word first and then thanking him. It's a balance. I said it's a balance. And, and you're developing yourself in the fruit of the human spirit, which are in, inherent in your, in your spirit, is grace. 
And that grace is helping you. There's seeds of faith and there's seeds of joy. Uh, there's peace. When people, pray, when people ask me, pray that peace would overtake me, I really, I will pray for the comfort of the Spirit and that they will see the peace that's already inside of them. Because you already have peace. It's just in seed form. And you've got to develop that peace. How do I do that, Pastor Debbie? Thank you for asking. Get in the word and find those scriptures along the line of peace. He gives me peace that passes all understanding. That keeps my heart and mind through Christ Jesus. As we look to our heart. And draw from peace. And draw from joy. And sometimes that joy will just, you know, you don't feel like dancing, but you just sense. Oh, praise the Lord. You're just stirring. And and it's not a choreography. No, you're just looking inside. Sometimes people uh, see me just like turning in circles or this or that. I'm not thinking about what I'm doing. I'm just yielding to my spirit. I'm just looking on the inside. And as I hear God's word along the line of peace, and then I follow up on it by saying, Lord, I thank you that I have the peace of God that passes all understanding. And it doesn't matter what I feel like. If anxiety comes, even if I'm shaking... I speak to my body and I say, spirit, you are in control of this. Now knock it off. Body, knock it off. Soul, knock it off. Not today. And your spirit has to be in control, but you've got to use authority. You've got to be diligent to use authority because there are times when you may be anxious. There are times when Fear, because the spirit of fear will come and he will try to challenge you. There are times when you will hear things and you've just got to be skillful in doing what God's word says. But go to the scriptures along the line of peace, along the line of joy. With joy, we will draw from the wells of salvation there in Isaiah chapter 12, verse 6. Or is that 3? 12, 3? Somewhere around there. With joy, we draw from the wells of salvation. Are you here today? Don't get distracted by anybody around you. The things that I can see up here. (laughs) For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. And we know that in uh, 2 Corinthians 5.17... We've been made new creatures in Christ. The Holy Ghost has come inside of you. There are new people in here that it's like, I don't quite understand this, so bear with us. Some of you have been to this school, but we need to hear it over and over. And I want you to turn real quick to Galatians chapter 5. Turn to Galatians chapter 5. And verse 16 says, Galatians 5, 16, I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And what does that mean to walk? It means to tread all around, to live, to be occupied with. Walk in the spirit. It's just like saying, go into the house and use what's there. 
Use the tools that are there. Use the coffee maker. Use the bedroom. Use the bed. Use the facilities. And you need to use the fruit of your human spirit. Use the peace you have. Use the joy you have. When you've only had a few hours sleep, use the strength you have. Walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the spirit lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not the things that you wish. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh. In other words, you're not always trying to dot this I and cross this T and okay, I, I hope I don't miss it here. No, just look to your spirit. Make sure that you're right. If you know something's sin, just say, Lord, I'm sorry. I yielded to that. I'm sorry. It was wrong. It was wrong. Just, just say, just get it right. Amen. Don't make a big issue out of it. I tell people, if you know you did something wrong, just come apologize. I mean, at least come apologize. Have some remorse. But you don't need to beg and cry, whatever. And, you know, like the other day, I, I was emailing back and forth with a staff, and, and they forgot to, to do something for me. And they, oh, I'm so sorry, Pastor Debbie. And I said, uh, you know, three lashes with a wet noodle, okay? <laughs> and then I said, have a great day. And they said, oh, thank you for mercy. But, you know, the next day I didn't notice that they were still, oh, Pastor, please forgive me. Why? They've moved on. And so have I. I moved on after I said about the wet noodle, okay? I moved on. I know I've missed it. And if I don't give them mercy, I'm not going to get mercy. So I'm not looking around to hold grudges at anybody. And, you know, if somebody misses it, of course we want to do right. Of course we do, but, you know, just, uh, just let up on people, okay? Amen. You know you've missed it. Be forgiving. Yeah. Be loving. I understand that as an employer, they need you to be a hard worker. They need you to remember. They need you to set up guidelines. Just like that employee said, okay, I'm going to make sure I set up this, you know, I guess they set up their computer to, because they need to do something for a couple days after that, and they set it up <laughs> so they wouldn't forget so just uh, do what the occasion uh, provides for there. Amen. But if you are led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. So, so don't live under condemnation when you've missed it. Just make it right. All right? Now, let's go to verse 22. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. Now, oh, our faith works by what? Love. But really, our love works by faith. And you need faith to have all of the, the fruit of the Spirit working in your life, growing in your life. But you need the love of God, too. Yes. Yeah. Amen. So love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, really, they all work hand-in-hand. Hand. Faithfulness, which is faith, gentleness, self-control. Amen? So let's go back to Romans chapter 8, for as many as are led by the Spirit. And let's go to verse 16. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. We need to have God's word in our spirit. You've got to put the word of God in your spirit. Why? Because it needs to push out the wrong things in your heart. 
Because what you've been focusing on over the years has gotten in. No, it didn't just get in your mind. It got down in your spirit. It got through your mind gate and down. How do we know that? Well, we look over there, and we've talked about this before, but we look over at, uh, where is that, First Peter? No, it's Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 8. And remember, Philip was having an evangelistic crusade, uh, but there was a man named Simon, the sorcerer. And he got saved under Philip's ministry. And he met Peter, and Peter said, basically, you're full of bitterness, Your heart's not right. You see, he never took sorcerer off his name. He was still trying to to really, at that point, he was trying to get the baptism of the Holy Spirit or the gift of the Holy Spirit by money. He didn't need to do that. He just needed to yield and start speaking. He thought that if he had an utterance of tongues, people would look at him like the great power of God because that's what he was used to doing before. So if we don't renew our mind with God's word and let it get get down in our spirit, we will make wrong choices. We will make wrong decisions. And too many people, they get in this, uh, we've all been there, we've all done that, and it's a habit that we need to break. If we start making decisions and it gets easier and easier and easier to make those decisions without meditating on God's word. And we think, well, this is certainly the way I need to go because this is how I've always done it. But God is trying to get us, get the word of God down in your heart. It renews your mind, but at the same time, it develops your heart. It's going to change out wrong mindsets. One person said, I don't want to lose my personality. I think sometimes we need to lose our personality. There are things God put in us that are special, that are unique, that we need to embrace. But first and foremost, we are in Christ. So let the things of our personality that don't line up with God's word fall off of us. We're supposed to be of a meek and a gentle and a quiet spirit. So if you're somebody who's always boisterous, well, that's just who I am. No, that's the carnal side of you. Some of us are just... uh, you know, over the years, maybe less talkative. Some of us are more talkative. You know what? There's a balance. Yes, there is. Yes, and we're not all supposed to be cookie cutters of one another. Right. But we're also not supposed to be like a bull in a china closet, right. expecting that everything we say and do, even if it's not wrong, people understand because that's how I am. Well, that was all free. Get the word in your heart. If somebody goes to a store and they buy a dress, they really like that dress, and they come home and they're like, I'm going to, no, I like the outfit I have on. I'm just going to put this dress on over it. So they put the dress, and it doesn't feel right. It just doesn't quite fit. Many of us are just trying to put the leading of the Spirit in today on yesteryear. And it doesn't quite feel right because it's filtered through how we've done things over the years. 
there's really, uh, the Lord talked to Dad Hagen, and it bears out scripturally, but there's three ways that you can be led by the Spirit predominantly, you know, primarily. The first one, first and foremost, is the inner witness. Yes. That's what we're talking about. Amen. The Spirit bearing witness or testifying to your heart. Yes. And what's in your heart yes. will determine how you hear. What's in your heart will determine how you hear. Yet people are making decisions all the time. Well, I haven't, you know what? Haven't spent time in the Word all week long, but I'm just making decisions right and left, and I'm just doing fine. See how that works out for you. It's going to catch up with you sometime. You're going to find yourself, you meant to go to New York. You found yourself in China. We have to make tweaks. We've got to constantly check our spirit. We've got to constantly put the word of God in our heart and stop making decisions based on how we've always done it before. Now, I don't mean you make decisions based on what you've learned from the word. So the first one is that inner witness. Secondly, it's a still small voice. And Paul said, my conscience bearing witness with me. My conscience bearing witness with me. In other words, it wasn't just the Holy Spirit talking to the conscience. It was the Holy Spirit talking to the conscience. But that conscience actually was testifying or saying words to your spirit. It's a still small voice. I remember when a group of us went to an Airbnb years ago, and uh, we were starting the publishing department. I'm getting some chuckles, I know. And we were starting the publishing department. This uh, is where the book, Living Sensitive to the Spirit, came out of. If you don't have that book, I was reading that yesterday, I'm like, it's a good book. It's a book that's helped a lot of young people in this church not just make carnal decisions. Moving right along. So we went on a Wednesday night, and it was kind of late, so I was already, you know, a little bit on the tired side. And we got to this Airbnb, and everything just looked fine. Oh, it was off the lake. The girls didn't tell me that there were mouse pellets downstairs. Well, when I got my bedroom, it was nice enough, but there were cobwebs. The towels were different colors. I'm just like, really? How can you be led here? (laughs) But there's something about getting away, not thinking about everything else. And I woke up at 4.30 in the morning, and the Holy Ghost started dealing with me about a book. And it had something to do with being sensitive to the Spirit. So I started praying in the Holy Ghost, and just all of a sudden it just came out of my spirit. Living sensitive to the Spirit. And I started getting the chapters of this book. And the Lord started dealing with me to have this book ready by the January camp meeting. Well, why was that? Well, that's just what he dealt with me to do. Now, let me preface this. People come to me all the time. Well, God's dealing with me to write a book. I've got to have it done like next week. Will you edit it for me? No. You don't even understand what the editing process is. Okay? And sometimes people have got their feelings hurt because I said, you don't need to be writing a book. 
It's a lot more process. There was a whole process. There were years that went into me finally writing a book. Praise the Lord. Something wrong? What's that? Is it making a lot of noise? It's, a, it's inconsistent. It's inconsistent? Yes. All right. Thank you. So, praise the Lord. Am I on? Hallelujah. I thought I didn't have to turn it on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes, we don't have to turn it on. <laughs> so uh, what was I talking about before I was interrupted by my earrings? <laughs> You're confusing me. Anyway, we, we, I woke up at 4.30 in the morning. Remember that story? It doesn't matter what I was talking about. I'll just. So I woke up and it just started coming to me the different chapters of this book. And I was saying people don't just need to be writing a book because I'm writing a book because there were several things that happened over the years and praying and, and preparing. And yes, I took creative writing classes. That does help. Um, just knowing the natural things and how to cite and, and, and so on and so forth so I can do it you know, in excellence. But then being led by the Spirit, and this was a time that God was dealing with me and even uh, had hands laid on me by Pastor Nancy for writing and just going on. Uh, so not everybody's supposed to be writing a book just because we are, because there's a lot that goes into this. But the Lord dealt with me, you need, this is when you need to get it done. I've never had that time of timetable before, but I, so I got up and I knew, now that was a still small voice. That was my spirit giving me the title, giving me the chapters, but notice I was praying in the Holy Ghost as well, so I was praying it out, and it came up out of my spirit. That was my spirit, or my, the conscience, which is the voice of your spirit, and it was talking to me about what the Spirit was saying. So it was relaying exactly what the Spirit was saying to me. Now that's the second way we're led by the Spirit. And many times in ministry, I get words and I will just relay to a person what the Spirit is saying. And then you've got the authoritative voice of the Spirit. And that authoritative voice, uh, many years ago, Pastor Jay and I, you may have heard this story, uh, Anyway, I may get back to that book. I may not. Uh, but we were uh, just freshly married, and we were driving back, and we came from Florida, and we hit Atlanta, and we were just, you know, praise the Lord, we're married, and things are good. And Pastor Jay, at the time, the Holy Ghost just dealt with him in an inner witness, just bearing witness with his spirit, right? His spirit was just kind of nudging him pull over in the other lane. He thought, well, I don't need to pull over. He looked around. There's nothing around. And then it happened again, but it was more authoritative. And it was if the words came, pull over in the other lane. First, it was just a witness. He just, he just knew, I, need to, I think I need to pull over. But secondly, it was more clear, and the words came, pull over in the other lane. And he looked around, and he just mental about it 
and said, no, nothing's going on. I don't need to pull over in the other lane. And then third time, he heard an authoritative voice, pull over in the other lane. I didn't hear it. It was the Holy Spirit speaking in his spirit, but it was an audible voice that only he could hear. Sometimes others around us, but usually the authoritative voice of the Holy Spirit is something that's just ringing in our spirit. It's an alarm of sorts. And he started to pull over in the other lane, and then something hit our tire, and it blew out. And because of the mercy of God, we were able to pull over without an accident. Normally, something like that, when you're going about 60, 70 miles an hour, whatever, uh, you would have an accident. You would, whatever. Uh, but, but we didn't. We spent several hours on a Sunday trying to find a tire shop, and we finally found one, and they had a, uh, a donut. We actually, they didn't have a donut. They, they uh, were able to get the tire off, and then we had to use our donut, so they put the donut on and all that. Anyway, we drove back from Atlanta to Tulsa or Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, sideways. So we knew we had missed it. So that's an authoritative voice of the Spirit. So being led by the Spirit really primarily is just a witness. It's the Holy Spirit saying something to your spirit, and you're picking it up, the voice of your spirit. And it's not really words. So I want to make this point. Somebody that's talking a lot. Somebody that's saying, well, the Holy Ghost told me this and told me that and blah, 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 blah. That's really not the primary way he leads. That's your interpretation. So be very careful not to add to or take away from what the Spirit of God is endeavoring to show you. The primary witness is something that's just basically a nudge and it's directing you to a certain way and you follow it. Being led by the Spirit is a reflex, it's a response. So there's something up in your spirit and it's either a positive uh, green light to go this way or it's a negative red light, don't do this. And you respond the right way to that. Okay? Just like, remember, I had Evan. He, I'm not leading him. Too many people are saying, well, the Holy Ghost told me, blah, 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 blah. And this and this and this and this. And I got this and I got the other. You're being, you know, you must be so spiritual. You know every facet about it all. And what people don't realize many times is their mind is getting put into that. Now, when the Lord woke me up that morning, I started praying it out in the Holy Ghost, and I started getting chapters of a book. And then in my spirit, the Lord started sharing with me, not audibly about everything, but I had a knowing that I had been behind in other things. And he didn't want me to be behind in this. It needed to get done by a certain time. Because I had been behind in other things and he didn't want me to be behind in this. But I didn't get that all in dialogue. 
I did get the chapters of the book in dialogue. I, I mean, they just came up at that still small voice. So be very careful when we're talking to somebody, the Lord said this, and the Lord said this, and the Lord said this. And many times we put our interpretation. Now, sometimes in the prophet's ministry, we get that mixed up. You understand that in the Old Testament, people were led by the prophet, the king, the priest. Why? Because they didn't have the Holy Ghost inside of them. The Holy Ghost came upon them. Remember, Adam's light had went out. And it was a stony heart. And they needed, they did things like a fleece. Remember Gideon and Joshua? Uh, what's a fleece? Well, basically saying, Lord, if I see Pastor Jay come through his, his front door, I'm going I'm to park outside of their house at Eagle Rock Ranch. And if I see him come through the, the front door, I know I'm supposed to go talk to him. That's called a fleece. First of all, we have a sign that says keep out. <laughs> Second of all, he may be coming out to get his mail. Yes. Or to do yard work. Why? Because it's his home. Sometimes he goes outside and he doesn't stay in all day long. You understand? That's called a fleece. We don't tell God what to do. We don't lead him and expect him to follow us. No, the primary way that God leads, is this okay? The primary way that God leads us is through the witness. In other words, the Holy Spirit is testifying to our spirit, and then our spirit is just basically, you know, we're picking it up. We're not hearing words necessarily. And then you go to prayer. Well, that's a novel idea. Remember the man in Texas there and the investments? Did he, he said in, on the mental side of it, I, I would look at it first. Well, why? Because he's got a mind. And he might think, hey, this is a really good thing. But he'd go to prayer about it and the, the Holy Ghost would just bear witness with him. No, no. That's just a witness. And that's the primary way that God leads us. Now, it would have been a still small voice had the Holy Ghost said, you know, words like, no, don't do it because in 19, you know, because we're going to have a, a crash and uh, the banks are going to crash and, and this and that and the other. That would be picking up what the Holy Ghost is saying and the words come to you by the voice of your spirit. And then there could be a, no! And you actually heard it. In the spirit realm, That's, or heard it in your heart, sometimes you can hear it in spirit realm, but in your spirit is what we're talking about, the authoritative voice of the spirit. But that's not, he doesn't operate that way very often, okay? Dad Hagen told a story, Jesus came to talk with him, and he told a story about how he wanted to teach him how to be led by the spirit so that he wouldn't be making the mistakes that he made in the past. And there was a particular church that had asked him to come, a big church, and, you know, it'd probably uh, be a good amount of money and this and that. It looked good in the natural. So he was considering that. He, he kept getting out the, the letter, because they wrote letters back then rather than call you on the phone. Or, uh, so anyway, he, he got out the letter, 
letter, <laughs> and not the leather, but the letter, and it just didn't seem right. So he'd crumble it up and put it away. And then he got it back out. Uh, it just didn't seem right. But in his head, it's like, yeah, but that would be nice to go to that church. But then he kept thinking, he just kept seeming to come up in his spirit about this small church. And the pastor had said, uh, we, we'd like you to come. You know, in Sunday school, we only run about 70 to 90. Not a real big church. Um, but if, if you're so led, would you come? And it just seemed like that kept coming up. Well, when Jesus went to talk to him about the prophet's office and about also being led by the Spirit of God, we'll get back to the prophet's ministry here. Uh, when he started talking to him about that, he said, that church, that larger church, don't go. He said, but I'm not going to lead you like this anymore. Because you need the primary way that I lead every believer is through the inner witness. And that smaller church that wants you to go, you go there. So Jesus told him. He directed him in that, in that vision where Jesus came into his room and talked to him about being led by the Spirit and the prophet's ministry. So anyway, he told him, I'm not going to lead you like this anymore, though. Too many people are trying to be led like that. They want a word from God. They, they want it just labeled out. And really... Just get the word, see that's how we started, get the word down in your heart. Focus on that first. See, when people come to me and they're like, well, I need to make this decision, what do you think? You know, you are my pastor. Oh, really? Um, and I'm hesitant to say anything because if I don't have anything, I can't guide them. Now, the prophet's ministry of the Old Testament would guide people because they did not have the Spirit of God inside. But today, we're not to guide people. Now, you might get direction or guidance from the prophet's ministry, but it needs to bear witness through what? The inner witness. The inner witness. So if something is said to you, it needs to, yeah, that's right. Or, no, that's not quite right. But again, it will determine how much word is in you. It will determine how much time you have spent time in prayer not pushing your own plan. See, some people think, well, I've been spending time in prayer and I'm getting all this. Why? I, I, I guess the question is, is God talking to you more than everybody else? Giving you all the specifics about this? Because I've been in ministry how many years, and I don't have all the specifics about everything because God expects me to take one day at a time. There are things, when I was younger in ministry, I saw myself in certain places, and the miraculous was happening. That was back when I was 18 years old. No, 20. I was 20 years old. It was my first year in Ramah. And I saw myself ministering to the sick. Well, that's come to pass. But it was clear back at that, and it didn't happen for years after that. Well, were you just behind? No, I needed to grow up spiritually. And I needed to be faithful, and there, there, there's a time and a place. And even today, I know that there's still more things need to fall into place before that, com that comes complete fruition. 
And there have been things where I saw myself, even in younger years, that I did not do because the space of time even passed. And because I was too late on following that, I just had to put it on the back burner. Anybody been there, done that? What? Okay, in the natural, maybe there's a job that somebody needed you to do. You say, oh, sure, I'll do that. And then it's six months, 12 months down the road, and that person had to move on. They don't have that. Somebody else did the job. Sometimes God has to use other people to do things that we failed to do because we're still growing up spiritually. Now, there is an, uh, there's a good, there's an acceptable, and there's a perfect will. And that good is really for the young Christians. <laughs> but then it gets to that acceptable, and it's more pleasing to God. But we've got to grow up spiritually, and, and we're learning. But then there is a perfect. Remember there in Romans 12? But it comes by the renewing of the mind. Not the removing of the mind, the renewing of the mind with the word of God. And too many people place emphasis on being led by the spirit without what God's word is saying. So we need to get to that mature or that perfect and not just stay in the good and the acceptable. And the only way we're going to do that is put God's word first. Remember that story I told you? When uh, we were first hooking up with Pastor Nancy and Dr. Dufresne, and I was at the bookstore, and, and I asked Pastor Nancy, have any books on the power of God? I didn't say it like that. But, and she's like, we need to be people of faith. We need to be people of the word first. I get it. See, I had to knock that off of me. And there have been other, and really, my husband, I, I so appreciate him, he would say, Deb, you have a strong anointing on your life, but put the word first. Have something to say. Don't, you, don't just be a spirit person and no word. Because then you can get off and you start yielding to a wrong spirit or a familiar spirit. What's a familiar spirit? They're familiar with people. They know things about people. So you don't want to be looking at that. And I'm very careful not to just say what I want to say to people because I know something. Now, sometimes we come in a service and God deals with us, you know, to go ahead and correct something or or whatever. It's kind of like a family. All right. Sometimes we correct it openly. Sometimes we don't. There are a lot of things I don't ever say over live stream. Then other things I just have a witness. It's okay. Go ahead and say it. Somebody doesn't like that, I guess, well, I guess I'll let that be between you and God. But let me tell you something. If somebody, if there is some correction in what we minister by the spirit to somebody in a service, if there is some correction, there's usually correction or exhortation because it's exhortation, comfort, edification. But people don't like that correction part. And if there is some correction and it goes over live stream, it's probably because that person has been talking. I'm just saying. Or it's probably because some people are watching that person in their life and they're influencing other people. They may not even know it. That is one of the reasons you know me. I can miss it, yes. Yes. But that's why I train myself. And sometimes, now, 
I don't train myself to do this. It's just this is what happens. If I'm yielded to the Holy Ghost while I'm preaching and I lose my tongue, the Holy Ghost wants to say something. And literally, he's trying to stop me. And I'm usually drawn, and I just go ahead by faith. I mean, I just start speaking out by faith, and I just follow the river. And I just say, and then, oh, it's for this person. Usually I'm walking, I have actually had my eyes somewhat closed and walked and stood right in front of the person that it was for. And whether there was correction or whether there was just, hey, you're going to get a new Maytag washer tomorrow. (laughs) You're going to. There was a reason for that. And, you know, I told somebody recently in the Lee Summit Church, it seems like there's a lot of prophecy going forward, but it's, it's, it's all been encouragement. It's all been exhortation. And then it just came up in my spirit. It's because God's doing a quick work. God's doing a quick work because he needs people to be ready. And they're preparing themselves. I mean, God's preparing them. And it just seems like, and sometimes I hold my back. I hold myself back. It's like, again, Lord, really? He's like, just do it. Just say it. Get your head out of the way and just say it. And there may be another person where God is, maybe it's not all that much exhort, all that much, uh, it's encouragement, but it's laced with some correction. And then you find out possibly that that person's been talking to other people. Or you find out really it could be because that person has a strong call on their life and people are watching them what they're going to do with it. Are they going to stay put? Or are they going to, you know, leave? And they don't understand why they have this correction. But when they leave and people, oh, that's why. Because people in our church understand that Pastor Jay and I don't just get up here and try to make things up. So if you ministered a certain way to somebody, you basically told them just put your hand to the plow of helps ministry and just stay put. And God wants to do awesome things in your life. And they get offended because you said that to them in front of other people. I wonder why. Now you know why. Amen. See, we're not just trying to be everybody's personal prophet. And in this day and age, there are so many things that we know that we don't ever say in public. And we don't want to say. I'm not your big kahuna. I don't want to be your guide. The Holy Ghost is in you. And the primary way is by the the inner witness. But it gets dangerous when God is endeavoring. Remember that time on the road? It started getting more dangerous to the place where it turned to the authoritative. I think that's such a good illustration. But in our lives, sometimes I've been in services and people minister to me over the live stream and I realize, okay, uh, this is getting a little more dangerous. I better get with it. Primarily my pastor, she's supposed to be able to do that. Um, and, and I welcome that. 
I welcome that. But I really endeavor to make the changes and make the tweaks, especially before meeting. <laughs> Praise the Lord. <laughs> All of us ministers, before Dad Hagen meeting, okay, get everything right. <laughs> You know, fasten all the hatches. Is there sin in your life? If there is, get it out. Because the prophet don't be there. Oh, Pastor Debbie, he wouldn't do that. Oh, I've been there. Been there. I'm just saying, it doesn't mean you have gross sin in your life if somebody ministers to you through a prophecy. Sometimes it's just a minor correction that if you'll just tweak that... But what I'm trying to say here, what your pastor is trying to say, sometimes ministers will minister things that are laced with correction. And I would just say, just receive it. Just receive it. If it bears witness with your spirit and it's according to the word of God, just receive it. Amen? I mean, it needs to bear witness, yes, but it needs, it's just the word. Stay put. Sit there. Don't get in your mind. That's just the word. Trying to help. You know, we don't wake up in the morning to give you a word in church. The word I want to give you is through the Bible. Amen? That's, that's what we need to teach and preach. But when the Spirit of God is dealing with us, so let's go back to this. Where were we? Romans 14, for as many as are led or directed by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Let's be careful about saying, God told me this, and God said the other, and I saw this in prayer. Do you know I never, N-E-V-E-R, never go to Pastor Nancy and tell her everything I got in prayer? Sometimes I'll ask her if she, if she brings it up or Dr. Dufresne, are, are you seeing anything along that line? You, you know, you brought it up. Otherwise, I don't say it. I just keep praying it out. Now, we're pastors. We have our own church. We understand there are decisions we make every day. I don't, we don't call up Pastor Nancy and ask her, uh, can we have an altar call this morning? Or, I mean, we just, just be led, right? Uh, we did call her up and let her know, hey, we've, we've been sensing that God's dealing with us about starting another church. But how many know we've been in the ministry? Well, I've been 40 years this year. You know, Pastor Jay over, you know, 38. He says 35, it's 38. <laughs> and so we weren't just born yesterday. And Pastor Nancy would just say, you know, you just got to be led by the Spirit of God. But we let, we, we let her know because, really, if she has a witness, uh, I don't know. That, that just doesn't seem right to me. Okay. Put that on the shelf. If it doesn't seem right with you, I'm putting it on the shelf. I remember years ago, and some people come to us, and, and they want us to do that in everything. Really, what is smart when it comes to your own ministry or starting your own ministry and you're helping another ministry, is just let your pastor come to you. Pastor, I have it in my heart to teach in the pulpit. Let your pastor come to you. Okay? 
Pastor, I have it in my heart that I'm supposed to go and start something else. Let your pastor come to you. If you trust us, it's not going to be 20 years, 30 years. Maybe it will. It just depends on how slow you are. Did you get everything you need to get? See, in some aspects, we're waiting for you to get things first. Or we're waiting for you to help to get to a place where you're able to help in a certain area before, so that when you do go, it's going gonna, it's gonna to flourish because if you go with the fruit you have right now, it's not going to flourish. And maybe it was five years ago you needed to go, but you're not ready yet. So if you're coming to us, and we're not saying anything other than what you're doing in that department. Yes, ma'am. If you come to us and, and, and we're just saying, uh, we need you here. Or anyway, that was all free. That was all free. It doesn't mean you can't come to the pastor and bounce some things off of them. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that at all. But too many people are pushing their own plan rather than reflexively following. And really, they're getting things sometimes that is mixed up with their own thinking in their own mind because they need more time in the Word and they need more time praying in the Holy Ghost. And when they think they just have it all prayed out, then get in the Word more. And if your pastor's not saying anything, it's not that they're just dumb. It's kind of like Andre and Maya. We knew it's getting, it's getting close. It's getting close. Now, they're at the church in Kansas City, and we'll see what else God has for them to do. But notice something. They're helping us. And they're in a flow to where they're able to help us, and they're still in approving time. They're still in improving time, but they're able to help us because they're not thinking about their own ministry. They're not thinking about their own thing. They're not thinking about, I need to go do this. And really we came to them and said, Hey, what do you, what about this? Yes. Pastor, I've been getting that. Yes. Okay. Well, we want to use you in Kansas city. We want to use you there and we'll see what the next step is. Well, that was all free. That was all free. Some of us are talking too much. Putting words that aren't necessarily there. Pastor Nancy has ministered to me, and I've heard her minister to others. Make sure that you're not adding your words to it. And that's okay. That's okay. Because when you have a ministry, not everybody has a ministry of a prophet. And I don't mind saying, I don't get up here and say this all the time. I don't mind saying God uses us that particularly on the road more. But yes, some in this local church. And a prophet's ministry is earmarked with usually word of wisdom, word of knowledge flowing, more readily discerning of spirits, tongues. Interpretation of tongues, which equals prophecy. And anybody in this church knows that both Pastor Jay and I operate in those things. But we are general practitioners in this church. And the primary way that we minister in this church is through the inner witness. 
God leads us. Just for a couple of weeks, it just seemed like being led by the Spirit of God just kept coming up in my heart. It was just a, a witness. And then I would go to scriptures. When I'm getting ready, I don't just, you know, put uh, uh, 10 points in a poem in there. I, as if a book just kind of comes up to me, I'll go to that and I'll read some of that. And then I'll go to the scripture and then I'll write things out. But usually in a couple hours, I'm not using most of this because I'm over here. And sometimes I will listen to, to CDs and tapes and I'm praying in the spirit. And by the time, and, I, and I'm really, it's like soup. You just keep adding things to it. Uh, that, I put too much salt in, so I got to put some more honey in right now. Because, you know, sweet takes away the salt. So you're, it's like making soup. You're just being led to do that. Pastor Jay's like, I, I get amazed at how you can make soup. How do you do that? You just put all this stuff in there. It, it just, it takes skill over the years. And if it doesn't taste good, I keep adding stuff until it does. Or I throw it out and start over. That has happened too. So, and, and it seemed like for yesterday and the day before, it just kept coming up in my spirit, kept coming up in my spirit. And I saw Jared and Brittany, and Jared, I want you to come up here. And then a muscle, be encouraged. The things that are coming against you are for a reason. Not that I brought them to you, but it's the enemy because he sees that call on your lives. So be clear to put down your own thinking of what you're called to and pick up his thinking. Through the word, just spend extra time in the word. Spend extra time in the word. Extra time in the word. And follow the unction of the Spirit. It's not an overnight process. You still need to work. You still need to eat. (laughs) But there are things he's preparing you. And that's why the attacks are coming against you. Do you understand that? Does that bear witness with you? Thank you, Father, for refreshing of the Spirit. She's going to be okay, Jared. She's going to be okay. Hallelujah. Just lift your hands to him. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 16, Romans 8, 16. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. For years, we can go by and just only be getting a nudge. Go this direction, don't go this way. That's how you came to this local church. Maybe it was a little bit more supernatural for you, but that's not the primary way that God leads you, right? You're going to get where you need to go. If you're called into the ministry, you're going to get where you need to go. If you're putting the word of God first in your person of prayer. When you spend time in prayer 
and spiritual songs, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs in your own private time, it's going to help build you up. It's going to help you be more sensitive. And sometimes uh, you're going to be able to interpret things out of your spirit, and there will be direction. And that's more the voice of your spirit. You understand? Giving you direction and words and light. But be very careful not to add to it. Be very careful not to just push your plan. Be very careful not to be putting time limits on what you think. Because I tell you, I've missed it in that many times. And I had to come back to it. Now that book, Living Sensitive to the Spirit, I needed to be away from everything and all the distractions. And, you know, I'm sorry, girl, that you were dealing with mouse pellets downstairs, but... Hey, I had the good bedroom. <laughs> and I needed to be away from all the distractions. And, and, and basically, the Spirit of God was able to witness to me, wake, wake me up and witness to me, there's a book. But then I prayed it out, and, and I started getting the chapters. So that still small voice was giving me those words as I prayed in the Holy Ghost. And then I just had a witness, this needs to be done. And it was a more authoritative because I had been behind in writing other books. And after I wrote that book and then we, we did the healing book and so on and so forth, there's more books coming. Praise the Lord. But I'm just saying, I, I remember because this keeps coming back to me, Pastor Nancy uh, was talking to me about years ago, why aren't you singing on the worship team? Why aren't you leading the praise and worship and not that it didn't sound good or this or that. She was just kept getting that in her spirit. I thought, well, I, you know, I've moved on, Pastor. I've moved on, <laughs> you know. And it, she knew I had a call of God in my life. She knew I was a teacher and preacher of the word. But I said, if that's what you're getting, I'll get back up there. And, you know, I did. I got back up there for a period. And I worked with the team and, and, and helped them get to a certain place of what we were looking for and what we needed. And then I pulled back away when it was the right time. So I listened to my pastor, because she had a witness of the Spirit, and really I thought that I knew, oh, well, it's, it's, it's kind of like, all right, I'll get back in there, but, you know, I don't know it's the, the plan of God. But I had to change that thinking. I had to change that because God showed me if your pastor is getting that in your heart, you just need to do it willingly and know there's a reason. And it's like, oh. And when I got back in there and I, and I saw the reason. But I needed to do that by faith and not be judgmental about it and unwilling to do that. Because we may have a call of God on our lives, but we need to make sure that the timing is right. We need to make sure, we're, like we told Pastor Ike, don't leave this church, don't leave the youth department undone. Because if you do, that's the youth department you're going to have wherever you go. Don't leave things undone. Make sure, and we knew, Pastor Ike, as a matter of fact, we called him in and said, God's dealing with you to go pastor. Yes, Pastor, he is. I've been seeing that for some time. I just didn't want to go do my own thing. That's the right heart. 
And we basically, it, it's like they did at healing school. Doug Jones called us in and said, you guys have a call on your life and you need to go preach and teach full time. And they kicked us out in a good way. We were just happy to stay there. Amen. I'm just saying, for as many as are led, let the Spirit of God lead you. But let him use your pastor. Let him use people that you respect and that are spiritually strong. Not to be your guide, but follow the witness of the Spirit. When they say something, is it bearing witness with your spirit? Amen? Amen. Why don't you stand up? I meant to get to several other things, but we just endeavor to be led by the Spirit. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why don't you just lift your hands? Sometimes we, we muddy the waters and Pastor Jay and I back up completely because too much is being said. I'm talking about people that come to us saying, God's telling me this, God's telling me this, God's telling me this. And sometimes we just back up completely because they're doing all the talking. And even if it were God's timing, it gets muddied. It gets mental. It gets God saying this and God saying this and I prayed this out and this and this and this. And really, Pastor Jay and I are at a place where we're all about what God's doing in the local church. We're all about what God's doing in the local church at Lee Summit. We're all about what God is dealing with us uh, because we do have a ministry to the nations (laughs) that's growing and, and, and such. So we don't want to say something that's out of turn. So we ask individuals that are coming to us and saying, okay, God's telling me this, 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 and this. Just back it up. Back it up. Let it sit. I'm not talking about a week. It may be six months. It may be a year. It may be a couple years. If we don't get anything, just keep putting your hand to the plow. Otherwise... Go do what you think you need to do. Go ahead. But we are not going to get out in front of God. We are not going to lead him. And Pastor Jay and I, if somebody does not come to us repentive, saying, I'm sorry, I missed it, you're not going to hear that again, we will stop using you. Okay? I'm just being clearer than I have before. And usually I go home and think, did I really say that again? Did I really say that? Well, we're talking about how to be led by the Spirit of God. And we're, we don't just get everything with the prophet's office. We're not your lead. We're not your guide. But at the same time, the primary way that he leads us is through, mm-mm, mm-hmm, not giving you all the details for the rest of your life. 
Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. And there are details that we may know that Pastor Jay and I still haven't talked about. There are, but we haven't got there yet. Are we behind in some things? Yes. But we can't get out in front of God because until the word takes us there, we can't do it. We will not fall and falter and make wrong decisions in this local church because we're not ready. It's kind of like a a, a baby taking baby steps. If you expect that baby to climb, you know, to walk up the stairs and, and they're still crawling. Bless God, you climb up those stairs or you're grounded. Maybe they should be walking. But you're going to wait until they have the strength in their legs to do it? There are some things we just, we need to back it up and put God's word first. Put our hand to the plow. If, if some correction, you know, comes forth, take our, our, our licking and keep on ticking. And eventually it'll get to a place where it's exhortation, encouragement. Hey, I'm doing the right thing. Praise the Lord. You can get there. I said, you can get there. You can get there. Put God's word first. Be led by the spirit. Pray things out. Follow this still small voice if you pray it out in the Holy Ghost and he gives you some direction. If there's a, an authoritative voice of the Spirit, do it quickly. Make the tweak. Make the change. Understand that either he's saying back off. Several years ago, there was a, 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 I was on a trip and with... Well, I, I won't give you details. I was on a trip with a particular minister, and they were ministering. It was at the end of the service, and the pastor's wife looked and said, does anybody else have something? Well, I don't have anything if it's not my service. But the pastor is the main interpreter of the service when the service is over. So the minister sat down, and the pastor's wife, she looked at me and said, do you have something? Yes. I had just been arguing with the Spirit about getting up and ministering to the pastor's daughter. And it's like, this is not my service. And if you want me to do that, you're going to have to have her call me out because I'm going to be honorable. And that's exactly what happened. If that hadn't happened, I wouldn't have. So I did. And I ministered to that daughter. It was more authoritative, life-changing. You can take this road or you can take this road. If you take this road, it's going to be hard. If you take this one, it will be light and easy. But you're going to have to renew your mind because the enemy's coming for you, basically. Well, to make a long story short, she chose... The wrong road and got off. The pastors today are still believing for her to come back in. It was a period of time after that, but God was endeavoring to get that to her. Put the word first. The the enemy is coming. He's trying to get you off track. 
put the word in your heart so that you can make the right choices and decisions. Was I trying to be her guide? No, but it was a warning. I said it was a warning. And it came from the prophet's office, but it needed to bear witness with her spirit. Praise the Lord. Father, we thank you for this day. We worship you. We bless you. We thank you for the word of God that has went forth. Thank you for teaching us. Thank you for teaching us. Thank you for helping us to be skilled. In the areas that we need help in, Father, help us. We humble ourselves, sir. We want to be right. And may every person in the sound of my voice know that no matter what choices and decisions they've made, we are their pastors and we love them. I've missed it before. Others have missed it. We love them. We care about them. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's been a service. (laughs) Praise the Lord. We're going on vacation and uh, going to really enjoy ourselves. But come and be faithful on Wednesday night. Will you do that? Will you do that? Amen. And pray for Pastor Jay and I. uh, Refreshing, anointing. And do me a favor. Don't pray. Lord, help him to be like me. Help them to make decisions like I make. Help them to see what's right about me, you know. I'm not going to be thinking about you. Don't worry about whether or not I'm thinking wrong or thinking negative about you. That's why I did that prayer with, we love you. We love you. I've made decisions whether right or wrong, and my pastors still love me. We love you. If God, if God does generally, what usually for the first two or three days, um, I, I just get myself filled up more with the word and you know prayer and such. But usually there comes a time, and this has happened for so many years, where several people will come, boom, boom, boom. And sometimes I'll even see five years in advance. I'm just saying. <laughs> Don't be scared. I'm not going to come home and try to lead and guide you. But Pastor Jay and I, when we get away like this, we start seeing things. We start seeing gifts and we start seeing things. So if you'll trust us. I haven't always done the right thing. I haven't always made the right choices and decisions. But my heart, it's an awesome responsibility. And we want to be right. And we don't want to detour anybody from God's plan. So don't be discouraged. Just keep putting your hand to the plow. Stir up the joy. We love you. Amen.